Welcome to Couple with Mama, a podcast designed to share experiences and raise awareness of infertility, pregnancy and perinatal death. You are never alone. Take a break and grab a cuppa with Mama. When I finally sat down to write my story, I wasn't really sure where to start or how much information would be too much information. But if there is just one small thing from my story that another can take away and gain comfort from or use to help them, then isn't that what it's all about? I'm a sharer. I naturally want to help people, but at the same time, I find it difficult to summarise my story and remember everything that happened. So let me start where I am today. I'm 39, married with two beautiful children, a daughter seven and a son, 18 months. I feel like the luckiest mum alive. My amazing little family was born through a 10 year battle of infertility, miscarriage and an unrelenting amount of hospital appointments, but we never gave up hope through all the devastation, all the exercise regimes, healthy eating plans, and all the advice, mostly helpful, but also from the people that just couldn't relate or understand. The helpful advice of, why don't you just relax? And I'm sure it will happen. When I was younger, I was a late developer. I was put on the pill at the age of 16 years just to start my periods and force some sort of a cycle. Later in my 20s, I learned that this was due to a condition called polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS. This meant that I carried more male hormones than normal and that my monthly cycles were almost non-existent. I was also warned that it would be very difficult to have children and potentially may never have children. At this time, I was very young and not in a serious relationship and actually the upside of not having monthly periods with everything that brings felt like a bit of a bonus. When I was 26, I decided to come off the pill and give my body a break from that. I don't think I had a period for over a year, so then I was given a drug called metformin, which is actually a drug they use for people who suffer with diabetes. PCOS is generally all about managing your sugar, insulin production, which in turn regulates your hormones. You also have a massively sweet tooth, so the sugar demons are constantly against you. If smashing a gigantic chocolate bar on a regular basis was an Olympic sport, I would have won gold every time. Metformin also brings other side effects of the upset tummy variety, so I always needed to make sure I ate when I took them. At 28, I met my husband. It didn't take us long to realise that what we had was the real deal and that our relationship was going somewhere. We had the awkward conversation about children and full disclosure about my condition and how difficult it could be. He still hadn't legged it at that point, so he must have been a keeper. Our rollercoaster of a journey was about to start and neither of us knew what was ahead of us. Had we known, would we have done it? I know I would, as the final results to me are absolutely worth it. We tried to conceive naturally for a year with no joy. I was under the gynaecological unit for my PCOS, so at my next appointment we discussed my fertility options. I love our NHS, but sometimes it bemuses me and can be a little frustrating. Although I was seeing the very doctor that I would be seeing for fertility, I was currently seeing him for reasons related to my PCOS. In order for him to talk to me about my fertility and move forward with that, I had to go and see my GP and get re-referred to the same person. Anyway, I did this and off we went. I was booked in for a laparoscopy where they draw your ovaries to assist with ovulation. I had had numerous blood tests done over the years and ultrasound scans on my ovaries to confirm my PCOS and hormone imbalance. My consultant told me that I would be pregnant within six months of having a laparoscopy. Happy days, our hopes were raised and we couldn't wait for the operation. A laparoscopy is done under general through a keyhole operation with a four week recovery time of no heavy lifting or driving. The operation went well and the recovery period was fine with no complications and we were back to trying. 
Six months came and went and we were still not pregnant. The consultant even said he didn't understand why we had fallen pregnant. Very helpful. The consultant then put me on another drug called Clomid. This is a drug that forces you to ovulate. I was taking this as well as the metformin. I had a number of ultrasound scans during my first cycle to track my ovulation and whether the Clomid was working, and it was. My follicles were maturing nicely and getting ready for ovulation. Q raised hopes and new expectations again. The cycles came and went and soon we were about to embark on our 10th cycle of Clomid, having had nine unsuccessful rounds. The consultant was also setting us up for the next phase, as we had all assumed that the 10th cycle also wouldn't work. Our next phase was IUI. We went to the hospital for all our blood tests, more blood tests, I wasn't sure I was going to have any blood left at this stage, and to get the wheels in motion to start the IUI when the 10th cycle didn't work again. During our 9th cycle, I had also introduced regular reflexology sessions, as I was now the queen of research on random ways to get pregnant or things to help you with your fertility. The 10th cycle came, as did the time for what felt like the thousandth pregnancy test. I was due to start work on a late shift that day, so I took one just before I left for work. I made myself busy until it was time to read the test. I walked into the bathroom, picked it up, looked at it, and threw it straight in the bin. I remember as it was in mid-flight to the bin, thinking, hang on, that looked different. I had just expected it to be negative again. I got it out of the bin and examined it for about 10 minutes, in all sorts of different lighting. I took a photo of it, I closed one eye, then I closed the other. I was definitely seeing a very faint line. Could this possibly mean I was pregnant? I was late leaving for work by this point, so I got in the car and had a 45 minute drive to work. My mind was racing and my heart pounding. I got to work and went straight to the toilet and took another test. I dragged my colleague into the toilet and asked her to read it. She said it was positive, I couldn't believe it. Now what do I do? I rang the doctor and obviously they had no appointments left and said they don't tend to confirm pregnancies. However, the receptionist told me there was a family planning clinic on at the local community hospital this afternoon which I could attend. My boss agreed that I could attend. I think she knew she wasn't going to be getting any work out of me at the moment. I attended the family planning clinic and waited my turn. I was called to go in and the doctor asked how she could help. I said I thought I was pregnant and I was hoping a professional could confirm it. The first question she asked was, was it planned? Was it planned? The gravity of the whole situation suddenly sunk in and I burst into tears. My God, was it planned? Yes, I said. You have no idea how much this was planned. Cue many more tears and a further positive pregnancy test. I left the room on a cloud and immediately went home. I sat on the stairs in front of the door, clutching my positive test until my partner got home. He walked through the door and I just held it up crying. That moment of joy was amazing. The journey to get here had been so long and filled with so many disappointments. The early days and weeks of the pregnancy were filled with excitement and utter fear. However, weeks turned into months, hospital appointments, sore, scans and the first pictures of our healthy baby girl. From the point I was diagnosed as having PCOS, I was a statistical goldmine. I had every sign and symptom related to it, so why would that be any different with my pregnancy? As such, I developed gestational diabetes, cue more hospital appointments, scans, but I knew I was going to do everything in my power to protect my baby. I literally cut sugar out of my diet overnight and regulated my blood sugar levels through diet to perfection. Due to the diabetes, I was told I was going to have a larger than normal baby and therefore I was going to be induced at 39 weeks. Week 39 came and other than the diabetes, my pregnancy had been a dream. 
I was booked into the hospital for midday on Monday the 31st of March. That morning was the weirdest morning ever. We put the hospital bag into the car, posted a bunch of birthday cards, went for breakfast, then we went off to the hospital to have our baby. I was induced at 1pm and our gorgeous girl arrived at 3.02 the following morning. The induction and labour were very straightforward and we were so lucky and blessed to finally have our baby girl in our arms. It had roughly been a four year journey to get to this point. Time passed and we enjoyed every moment as parents. Well, (laughs) nearly every moment. We made the decision to try again for another and assumed that it would take us ages again. We decided to start trying naturally with no medical assistance to start with. I had been told that with PCOS, if you have a baby, it can kickstart your hormones into acting normally, and that certainly was fairly true, as my cycles had become somewhat regular, still longer than normal, but more regular. To our amazement, within a few months I was pregnant again. I was so excited, how amazing that we had been blessed twice, and this time we didn't have to go through any of that heartache. We started telling people, we registered that I was pregnant with the GP again, and were entered into the system and received our scan date. Everything was wonderful. Week 11 of our pregnancy and six days before our scan, and the first time we would see our baby, we met a group of friends for lunch. We arrived at the pub and our daughter had just exploded into her nappy, so I ran through the pub with a small child at arm's length and headed to change her. Once that was done, I headed out to see everyone, said hello, handed the now clean child to my husband and said I needed the loo. I popped off to the toilet and that's when my world changed and came crashing down around me. I was bleeding. It wasn't a massive amount, but I instantly felt sick and was consumed by fear. I came out of the toilet, took my husband to one side and told him. Our friends could see the look on my face and knew something was instantly up. We left the pub immediately and dropped off our daughter at my parents' place and headed to the hospital. Checking in was horrific. Standing in the middle of the A&E waiting area and announcing to the receptionist that I thought I was having a miscarriage. Waiting and waiting, it seemed like forever. The doctor took me in, asked me a few questions, and then I was told that I would have to go home and return to hospital for a scan on the Monday. We collected our daughter and returned home. The bleeding continued that night and into the following day, and it started to get heavier. There came a point where I didn't want to go to the toilet, as I didn't want to see it. If I ignored it, it might not happen. During the Sunday, the bleeding got worse and the part that I wasn't prepared for and no one warned me about was the contractions. My body was preparing to expel our child and the contractions were getting quicker and quicker. I took myself off to the toilet and that's when I finally knew it was over. What happened next left me with absolutely no doubt in my mind that we had lost our baby. The contractions stopped and the bleeding slowed down. I cleaned myself up and returned to the lounge where my husband was waiting. He just held me while we both sobbed. I cried so hard that I thought I would never stop. The uncontrollable grief I felt was completely overwhelming. The next morning, we had to go back to the hospital for our scan. I already knew what they were going to say, but sometimes hope can hold on for the faintest of possibilities. They were expecting us and we didn't have to wait long. I was called in for my scan and they couldn't find anything. Everything was gone. In a way, this was a good thing, as I didn't have to take any awful medication or have any medical intervention. I was simply sent home, knowing that our baby didn't make it and we had to somehow find a way to deal with that. 
It was about three months later that we found out I was pregnant again. From the moment of that positive pregnancy test, every pain, twinge and trip to the loo was filled with anxiety and dread. We got to eight weeks this time and then we lost our second baby. The bleeding started and didn't stop. I rang the hospital and this time I was told that unless the bleeding gets unmanageable, it was best for me to stay at home. I had no idea why this was happening. With our first, it was so difficult actually getting pregnant. Now the opposite. I seemed to fall pregnant quite easily, but keeping the pregnancy was difficult. I spoke to the hospital about the reasons for this and were there some tests they can do to investigate. I was simply told I had to have three miscarriages before they would do any tests. Losing a third baby before anyone would look into the reasons. I didn't want to lose another baby, that was the point. Were two miscarriages not traumatic enough for someone to endure? It was at this point we decided to stop altogether. Emotionally, I was exhausted and drained and my body had taken a battering. My husband couldn't stand to see me go through any of this again either. He suffered in his own way. He had lost his babies too, but physically watching me and my body go through what it did was really hard on him. We had a two-year break. We repaired ourselves and carried on with life and enjoyed our daughter. The conversation then started again about giving it one last go. We both agreed that one last go was all we had, so we went for it. During those two years, I did a lot more research on my PCOS, so I completely changed my diet. I came off dairy and gluten altogether and up my exercise. I also went back to the doctor and asked to be put back on Clomid when we were ready. I gave myself six months preparation before we actually started trying to let the diet and exercise have an impact. We also only had two rounds of Clomid left, so we knew we had to give it our best shot. Doctors will only prescribe 12 cycles of Clomid to a woman in their lifetime. This is due to the overstimulation on the ovaries and the future risks of ovarian cancer. I went for tracking scans again and everything was looking good. We fell pregnant on the first round. There was little excitement this time round, as we knew what could happen. Weeks passed and everything seemed to be going well. The date for our first scan came and I have never felt so sick. Pulling up to the hospital and walking into that scan room, I braced for the worst. But this time it never came. A healthy baby was developing nicely. Oh, the utter joy and more tears. Our 20 week scan came and we found out that we were having a boy. Weeks then turned into months and our beautiful baby boy was born later that year. My daughter is now seven and my son is 18 months. I still catch myself looking at them in complete wonder at how lucky I am. Our journey from the point we started trying for our first, through two miscarriages and the arrival of our second child, was near on 10 years exactly. The process of having a family consumed our entire lives. It shaped our relationship and made us stronger. Was it worth it? Every bit. Do I wish we hadn't lost the other two? Absolutely. But then we wouldn't have our little rainbow baby, our son, and the little boy we know and adore today. After every storm, a rainbow appears, and this rainbow was our son and our complete family. Now the time is for us, us as a family, to enjoy every moment together. I feel incredibly lucky, as I know this isn't possible for some people. Thanks for listening to this podcast, produced by Mama Nurture. Mama Nurture is a charity supporting infertility, pregnancy and perinatal death through counselling, holistic therapies and support groups. Mama Nurture welcomes everyone and anyone who needs support. For more information, please visit mamanurture.org 
or check out our profile for our socials. I was under the gynaecological unit for my PCOS, so at my next appointment we discussed my fertility options. I love our NHS, but sometimes it bemuses me and can be a little frustrating. Although I was seeing the very doctor that I would be seeing for